Welcome to the Ripple Podcast. The podcast where we tell you stories about strange and unusual events and the ripples they create. AKA the story after the story. I'm Rosa. And I'm Angela. And, and this, this is, is the Ripple, Ripple Podcast. Get Ripple, the bright new drink the best. Ring a ding flavor, Ripple. Are we going? Yeah, it's going. Okay, I need a drink. Okay, um, so am I? F- you're first this week. So am I making you a drink? If you brought a drink. I did. Okay. Grab um, two oh, glasses. You're like staring up in the corner. It's freaking me out a little bit. You're looking at the glasses? Okay. That's where the glasses are. Okay, I invented this really fancy drink. Ah. What? There's a ribbon attached to it. Oh, it's fancy. It's got decorations. Okay, I'm pouring. Fireball. Oh, am I not supposed to say what this is? No, it's totally fine. Our our listener is just supposed to imagine it and and know exact our listener, our listener, <laughs> which is me in the future. And lemonade. Okay, that's a different combination. I don't think I would have thought to put those two together. It's what I had in my cabinet. Oh, it's not. It has nothing man to do with my story other than it might kick you in the face oh there's a hint um oh wow it's not bad it's weird it is weird because you get the lemon and then you get the cinnamon yeah i mean i'll drink it it tastes like college (laughs) all right so should we tell them what our topic was? Yeah, let's backtrack a little. Um, we've only been here for Ooh, that was an loud. Hour Did you hear that? 20, yeah, it was super loud. What was Sorry, that? Sorry, I got an email. Okay, that reminds me. I'm gonna put my phone on silent this time. Um, so yeah, our theme that we picked from the basket was Hollywood. Hollywood secrets. Secrets. Which the thing about secrets. Is that once they're on the internet, everybody knows them, so they're not really secrets anymore. So, when we get to my story, it's not quite a secret. Well, mine isn't really a secret either. It's just kind of, like, weird. Like, what's what's the real Mm. truth behind the story? Did you Google Hollywood secrets? Because that's always my first thing. I just Google whatever topic is and look at what comes up. I think so. I probably did. Yeah. Lots of cookies and skinny teas and hair extensions and false eyelashes, boob jobs, tummy teas. Mm -hmm. You'll be as thin as Jennifer Aniston. Oh my gosh. Speaking of Jennifer Aniston, do you follow her on Instagram? No. Oh, okay. So she just turned, I think, 51. 51. Yeah. And she's on the cover of, I don't know, Elle or some magazine. Uh She looks Freaking amazing. Well, I mean. Freaking amazing. When you're that rich. When you can buy a personal trainer and shop. When you can have your face done and you can. Oh, but her, I mean, her stomach. I mean, granted, she's never had kids. Yeah. But I didn't look like that in high school. It was, um, you'll have to look it up later. She looks stunning. Stunning. 
It, it comes at a price. I was. And I don't have that much money. <laughs> I can't afford that price. Or maybe we should try the skinny tees. Who knows? You might shit yourself skinny. I'm pretty sure that's not what Jennifer Aniston uses. You don't know. I mean, Google told me that every, <laughs> all the stars do it. It is the Hollywood secret. <laughs> that everyone knows. Okay, do you want to hear my story? Uh, Sure, let's go. So I may... Let me see if I can pull this up right here. Oh, I can. Okay. I printed it out, and there's no more blue ink, apparently, in the printer. So none of my sources printed, but I have them here on my computer. Okay. And there's a lot, so I'm going to go super fast. Go. So BuzzFeed. Con- Faster. Content.time.com. Thank you, BuzzFeed. Uh, AllThat'sInteresting.com. Wikipedia. RealUnexplainedMysteries.com. Screen Ooh. Rant dot com technology review and you did not read technology review i totally did apparently oh yeah i know why okay yeah now i know why i'm like wait why did i look at that yeah i totally know why okay. now. okay ready ready so my place uh starts in 1940 your place starts i mean <laughs> wait did i say place you did oh my god i think the <laughs> fireball's hitting me already i need to read really fast um my story starts in 1940, and I was going to make you guess who I was. Oh, that's what I'm doing. Are you? Yeah. Okay. So, I, I thought I had this here. This um, is going really well. Yeah, you know, I've really planned this out. Okay, I'm just going to tell you, because okay. I thought I, ha- I must have deleted it. Okay, so... Mine is about the Lee curse. The Lee curse. Mm-hmm. L-E-E. Lee curse. Is that it's a, an A curse or is it Lee curse? No. Is, am no. I supposed to know who Lee curse is? No, like it's the curse of, of the, the Lee family. Okay. Okay. As in Bruce Lee. Oh. Oh. And Brandon Lee. Okay. Yeah. I've heard about this. Okay. But I don't know a lot about it. So, so the curse actually began before Bruce was even famous um even actually before Bruce Lee was born um he was born with the name Lee Jun Fawn or Fan L E E J U N F A N on November 27th 1940 in San Francisco and 1940 was the year of the dragon which you know like 2020 is the year of the rat is it? So it's the Chinese Zodiac, yeah. I think I was born in the year of the dragon. Were you really? Maybe. It's every, um, they have a 12-year cycle of animals for okay. the Chinese Zodiac. Yeah, I can't do that math, but I think I was. So, I, don't I yeah, I don't know. I think I'm a horse. Mom is a rat. Oh, I know that. Okay. Um, I think dad is a horse, too. I don't know. Anyways, um, so Bruce was born in the year of the dragon, and also during the hour of the dragon so oh, he's like a double hours, dragon okay. so and i didn't know there was like an hour thing but from 7 a.m to 9 a.m is the the hour of the dragon so um even though there was like this super strong like dragon reference reference his parents always referred to him as little phoenix which actually is a girl's name in chinese oh so i'm gonna explain all that i wonder why so the reason that they called him Little Phoenix was because before he was born, his parents had had um, another son that passed away. 
And so according to Chinese tradition, if you referred to the next male by a female name, it would confuse the spirits and like they wouldn't, the spirits wouldn't know like what soul to come and steal because they were, I guess, after the boys. Whoa, that's yeah. dark. So, yes. Um, so that's why they called him Little Phoenix. Okay. So, um, I mean, everyone knows the name Bruce Lee. He was like a super amazing martial artist. He was an actor, filmmaker. Um, he was most known for movies Fists of Fury and Enter the Dragon. He also starred in the TV series Green Hornet. And he was known for his technique, Jeet Kune Do. I'm sure you said that perfectly. I did. And I actually read it in the Chinese characters as well. Oh, wow. <laughs> um, he was a kung fu, te- kung fu teacher known for his amazing strength, even though he was like kind of smaller on the shorter side. Um, he became a cultural icon, and he was just about to reach like international super- superstardom. When he suddenly passed away at the age of 33. Oh, wow. He's only 33. Right. Super young. Um, He passed away actually just a few weeks before the release of his movie, Enter the Dragon. Um, Bruce had been taken to the hospital just two months before his death uh, because he was complaining of like a really bad headache and he started having seizures. Oh, shit. So he was diagnosed with cerebral cerebral edemia does that sound right um e-d-e-m-a edema sure cerebral edema that sounds better cerebral his brain it was where like there was excess brain wasn't functioning right there was like bad thing (laughs) there was fluid in his brain causing like the swelling that's never a good thing well and that's what was causing like the super bad headaches so he's getting like all this fluid and his brain is just swelling just getting squished yeah ouch um so he was treated for this and then sent home and the doctors were like okay you're good you're you know that doesn't we took care of it so obviously to be the amazing athlete that he was he started back up with his extreme exercise training and diet which i may um need to try because he Did just it include skinny tea. Um, he I don't think needed the skinny tea. Oh. He just ate vegetables, rice, fish, and milk, and he didn't have any baked goods. Oh how! No refined flour. No. And he didn't have hardly any refined sugar. Then what's the point of even working <laughs> what's out? What's the point of Why? life? Um, Dang. and he. So he was just like, I mean, extreme. He actually only had um, 1% body fat. No, that's not r- real life. 1%. That's not a thing. You can't. Well, Bruce Lee did. Dang. So uh, on July 20th, 1973, Bruce Lee was at his co-star's home. Her name was Betty Ting Pei, Pai, P-E-I. Okay. Sounds right, right? Betty. She's a, he's at Betty's house. And he again started, like, complaining of a headache. So she's like, dude, I have a painkiller. Just take one of these. No. And she's, he took it, and he took a, a nap on her sofa. And they were supposed to go out to dinner that night with some other people for a movie that he was kind of working with. And 
a few hours later, she comes back to check on him and finds that he's unconscious. Uh, one source I read said that he had also eaten cannabis, and according to the coroner, mixing the cannabis and the painkiller together poisoned his system because of his low body fat. That doesn't seem right. But, yeah, that's, like I said, it was just one source that said that. Um, so he had no external signs of energy, so they did an autopsy. Of energy? Energy? <laughs> what did I say? You said Energy. Which is true. I mean, technically, he didn't have any signs of energy. Yeah, because he's dead. Right. And Inj- I don't mean to laugh, but that Injury. Is true. Of injury. Gotcha. Wow. I'm super tongue-tied. I need to drink a little more. Hang on yeah, a second. Yeah, that'll Let fix me get everything. A drink. Just loosen it up. Okay. okay Chugging good. that fireball. Oh, that's good. Again, it take two. better the more you drink it. <laughs> Bruce Lee's body showed no external signs of Injury. So they did an autopsy and they showed that Lee's death was a result of severe brain swelling, Mm. which is that buildup of the fluid that actually resulted in his brain swelling 13%, which is a lot. Like, think of your brain like 13% larger. It hurts my head. I mean, it probably would help me if my brain was 13% larger, but it would probably hurt too. So apparently he had an allergic reaction to that painkiller. He some sources say that he was um, allergic to aspirin. Oh no! And That's scary. That whatever I uh, it's in here somewhere. The aspirin or the the painkiller that Betty gave him had aspirin in it. Oh, and he had known this because. That's what he was at the hospital at for before. Oh, so that's what it caused it initially? Exactly. Wow, that's so, a really scary allergy symptom. The brain swelling? Right. right. Like, yeah. I mean, you can get hives, you can get, like, itchiness. Itchy throat, yeah, sneezing. brain swell, that's terrifying. But I've heard of people being allergic to aspirin before. Really? I don't know how common it is, but I have heard that is an allergy. Okay. So I don't know if everyone that is allergic to aspirin has that has that severe. That would be something that's super yeah. scary to find out. So that coroner officially ruled Bruce Lee's death as a result of a second. That word again, cerebral edema. Sure. The brain swelling um, from taking that painkiller, which had the aspirin in it. And oh, here's the the name of the painkiller, and I can't say it. It's E Q U A G E S I C, Equagesic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he stated right. it was quote death by misadventure, which normally you hear like death by accident is a more common uh, thing a coroner will will put on a death certificate. Okay. Um, but it means that the death happened because the person was doing something dangerous voluntarily and that was taking the pill correct so bruce lee's death according to the coroner like that's it was a death by misadventure so he he took the painkiller knowing that this may happen not to sound um insensitive but that's kind of a badass thing to have on your death certificate 
Well, he was pretty badass. Yeah, by misadventure. <laughs> I, I went on like an adventure, that's, that's but it gonna, just that missed. That could be a name of one of his movies, Death by Misadventure. Uh, absolutely, yeah. So the official cause of death was an allergic reaction to the aspirin. Okay, so then we get into some conspiracy theories. Okay. So, you know Chuck Norris? I do know Chuck Norris. I mean, not personally, but... (laughs) You know of him? Yeah. He said that Bruce had been taking muscle relaxants, and that's how he thought that Bruce had died. When Chuck Norris made this statement, it got others talking and asking questions like, oh, well, if Bruce Lee was taking muscle relaxants, what else? Was he taking, was he taking maybe stimulants? Was he taking downers? So they're like, oh, maybe it wasn't necessarily this one pain pill that did it to him. Okay. So maybe like some mixed. Right. Mixing medications that aren't supposed to be mixed. Exactly. And then he just overdosed accidentally. So then other people thought that Betty, that co-star that he was with. Yeah. Um. And a lot of people say that he was having an affair with her, um, that she had actually dosed him on purpose. Why, though? They say that some people, like, um, there were maybe some mafia people that had gotten to her and threatened her and said, hey, if you don't do this, then we're going to get you. They kind of, you know, threatened her. Uh, I need more details than that. Like, I'm, I, if you're going to have that conspiracy theory, I need some serious motives. So. Well, and a lot of these are theories, and then that's where it stops. No, like, someone no, just had no. this idea. And then, because a lot of people were like, well, why would he have taken this pill if he knew he was allergic to it? Mm-hmm. And why did Betty wait so long to call an ambulance? Because she went and checked on him, like, a couple hours later when, she, when he went to go take but a nap. But wasn't he napping? Yeah. That's what she says, at least. okay. So others suggest that a much stronger curse was placed on Bruce Lee's father. Here we go. After he upset a group of merchants. Um, And that's not, there's not a lot of info about that one. Another theory was that Bruce Lee had taken some kind of aphrodisiac and that he was actually with a prostitute. And that he had just, you know, started tripping and getting too rough with her. And then the prostitute had killed him defending herself. But that theory. That is quite a misadventure. (laughs) That theory pretty much, uh, in my mind, I, I put it on here because it was one of them. But according to the autopsy, there were no external wounds. Right, and it is Bruce Lee. Like, nobody's going to kick his ass. And kill him. Yeah, that's just not going to happen. Well, this prostitute. Well. So, um, like I said before, the mafia, um, it was brought up in a bunch of theories. So there was, like, the Chinese mafia, because he brought his movies and fighting techniques to the U.S. Oh. Um, The Italian mafia, which, you know, we know that they're, like, the best mafia. And then the American Mafia. Uh, The theory of an evil curse from his home in Hong Kong was said to have been inhibited by demons who preyed upon the house's inhabitants for three generations. So this is the theory that I kind of talked about at the very beginning. That's the one that kind of gets the most attention. Um, Just, you know, like the the first son passed and then um, it re kind of 
births itself 20 years later after Bruce Lee's death. And I'm going to get into that right now. So Bruce Lee had two children. He had a daughter named Shannon and a son named Brandon. And Brandon took after his dad. He um, started acting and he was super into martial arts. He was asked to actually play his father in the movie Dragon, the Bruce Lee story, but he turned it down, saying that it would be just too weird to play his dad, and yeah, he didn't want... see that. Yeah. Well, and he... Also, really sad, too. Well, he said it would be weird to, um, like, act like his dad and, like, do love scenes. Oh, no. Yeah. I mean, obviously, he wouldn't be doing it with his mom, but it was someone that's oh, supposed no. to be as well. Okay. So he's like, I'm out. I'm, yeah. Yeah, that, that's not yeah. going to happen. Just saying your mom's name sweetly uh, into her ear ew, as you ew, caress ew, her ew, neck. Ew, ew, Yuck. <laughs> yuck. So in 1992, Brandon was cast as the lead in the cult favorite. What movie? Um, Uh-oh. Think line. 1992. I'm not going to guess it. I really am not. Think. I'm still not going to guess. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. Well, it was The Crow. Oh, I never would have guessed that. Oh, really? No. Do you know that? Have you seen that? Mm-mm. I've never seen it. But, but you know about I it? I thought you knew Brandon Lee. Well, I yeah, I know about what you're going to tell me, but I didn't know that that was. Oh, yeah. That's his movie. Um, I looked it up because I've never seen it. Mm-hmm. And so I looked it up on IMDb, so I guess I should have used them as a reference as well. Um, you just, you did right now. Okay, yeah. good. Um, he, it has a 7.6 on okay. IMDb. That's good. Um, it's a movie about, it's kind of based on a comic book that's about a guitarist that is brought back to life by a crow a year after he and his fiance are murdered. He finds his killers with the help of the crow, and he attempts to avenge his and his fiance's murders. That is quite the storyline. I kind of want to watch it. Yeah? Yeah, I do. So on March 31st, 1993, so he was he was cast in 92. So this is in March of 93 now. And they only have eight days left of filming. Brandon Lee was accidentally shot on mm-hmm. set. And Michael Massey, he was the actor that shot him with a Smith & Wesson model 629.44 Magnum. And he still, like, has a hard time of course. with this. He's yeah. like, yeah, it it really, really affected him, obviously. And I'm going to read, like, a quote because I don't know guns and bullets and cartridges and stuff. So this okay. is, like, a direct quote. So a previous scene using the same gun had called for a dummy cartridge, and that's with no powder and no primer in it. And that was to be loaded in the revolver for a close-up scene. And they do that because um, the bullets are visible from the front, and then they don't require the gun to actually be fired. Dummy cartridges provide the realistic appearance of actual rounds. Okay. So that's like a, for the filming reasons. Yeah. So instead of purchasing commercial dummy cartridges, the film's prop crew created their own oh, no. by pulling the bullets from live rounds, dumping the powder okay. charge, and then reinserting the bullets. Okay, that actually doesn't sound too bad. Like, that sounds doable. However, they unknowingly or unintentionally left the live primer in place 
at the rear of the cartridge. Oh. So at some point during filming, the revolver was apparently discharged with one of these improperly deactivated cartridges in the chamber, setting off the primer with enough force to drive the bullet partway into the barrel, Mm. where it became stuck. And then the next... Uh Uh-huh, yep. no. So the prop crew either failed to notice this or failed to recognize the significance of that issue... And then the dummy cartridges were exchanged with the blank rounds, which feature the live powder charge and primer, but no bullet, thus allowing the gun to be fired without the risk of actual projectile. So it was like a Frankenstein bullet together because it had the bullet from the previous Egg. one and then the primer and exactly. everything from the next one. Yep. So that bullet was already trapped in the barrel, causing the magnum bullet to be fired out the barrel with virtually the same force as if the gun had been loaded with a live round. How did they figure that out? I probably the autopsy they pulled it out of him right and, and but how like, did they know that it like was all put together that way and well the the crew probably said hey this is what we did uh, and they I mean that's, I'm, okay. that's some good detective work but yeah so it stuck Lee in the belly and it mortally wounded him he he was taken to the hospital and they worked on him for six hours but he later died he was just 28 Wow. Yeah, he was 28 years old. That's really awful. And it was exactly 20 years after the death of his father. So, just like his dad, rumors of a conspiracy started and theories of the Lee family curse were reignited. Really quick, and I don't know if you saw this in your research or even how true it is, but I remember seeing um, some sort of documentary about this. And they actually... I, I don't know if this is true. But they didn't know initially that he was struck because it was part of the scene. So him, like, falling back and acting as if he was shot. Like they it thought took, he was it really acting. Yeah. It mm-hmm. took a second to be like, oh, shit. He just, yeah. 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 So I just thought that was kind of interesting. Interesting. Sure. So um, a couple, like, little, I, I put them as fun facts. They shouldn't be really fun interesting interesting facts remember what we said like two episodes ago like how we need to come up with the word that it's like it's not fun it's really dark and morbid but it's like super fascinating and i want to know more right there needs to be a word for it we should invent one we should if you if one listener (laughs) if if listener in the future if you have an idea for that word ashlyn my niece if you're listening (laughs) come over to instagram and, and let us know so um In Bruce Lee's final movie, The Game of Death, it actually shows his character shot by a prop gun like Brandon was in real life. And then another one in Bruce Lee's Dragon, the Bruce Lee story, there was a scene where there's a demon that battles Bruce and then it tries to take Brandon, like kind of like foretelling the unfortunate demise of the famous star son. And then at the end of the movie, the demon like, like what it I guess how it was explained is like he's you know fighting Bruce fighting Bruce and then he's like I'm done with you Bruce and it moves towards his son so I mean those are kind of eerie yeah and that coincidences almost, that totally fuels all the conspiracy exactly stuff that's really fascinating um two months before that movie was released Brandon was dead so it wasn't like they added it in after mm-hmm. like i mean the demon was going after brandon before and then bruce uh, 
his movie was released after his death too, yeah. right? Yeah, both movies were filmed um, when they were alive, but neither of them were finished that. Wow. Yeah. Um, okay, so here's my little ripple. So, you know, um, with when when Brandon was filming The Crow, he there was only like eight days left before the movie was going to be wrapped up. Uh-huh. And um, the director at first, he's like, OK, I, I'm, I'm done. I'm going to I'm going to just just close the movie I, out of respect of Brandon and yeah. everybody. I'm just I'm going to take it as a loss. And Brandon's fiance and his mom, they're like, no, um, we support it if you want to finish this. But to complete it, they had to use stunt doubles and special effects to add Brandon's face. Right. Because, you know, there were some scenes that obviously he's the star of the movie and they need him in it. Yeah. So Lee's onset death kind of paved the way for resurrecting the dead to complete or have new performances using like CGI. The Crow was one of the first movies to use a CGI technique in that way. So computer generated imagery. This is why I was on that technology site. Oh, <laughs> all right. Um, okay. It has been used in movies, in TV shows, commercials, and even in live concerts. So with special effects companies now exploring ways to resurrect the dead uh, or the stars of the past, um, there's been some kind of controversies like, is it right? You know, did they give permission to use, you know, your face for a Dior commercial? Or are we, you know, giving, are, are we respecting the dead? Right. Kind of. But um, researching, you know, kind of some that, some of the people that have passed that they use CGI in um, was Peter Cushing in Rogue One, um, which was that Star Wars movie. Um, There's Philip Seymour Hoffman, who um, he overdosed, but he was in The Hunger Games Mockingjay Part 2. I remember. You remember that guy? Yeah, I mean, kind of. There's John Candy in Wagons East. Um, Remember Forrest Gump? And all, like, the historical figures that he meets. Oh, yeah, when so, he goes and shakes the president's like hand. Like, Kennedy's hand. Yeah. yeah. So all of that was done, like, CGI. I didn't even think about that. Mm-hmm. Um, Bruce Lee, so his, Brandon's father, was in a Johnny Walker commercial. Oh. <laughs> and then Paul Walker in Furious 7. Because oh, remember. He, well, I thought it was his brother. It, it, but they, like, actually took Paul's. Face? Like facial features, so they try that's to get someone that's so kind of sim- similar and build and and whatnot. Yeah. Um, Carrie Fisher, um, again in Rogue One, the star or no, and Star the Star Wars story. Um, remember when they did like a um hologram of Tupac? Yeah, I was gonna say that mm-hmm. at uh, I think Coachella. Coachella, yeah, and then Amy Winehouse. I guess they did like oh, I a didn't know that they benefit. Did her too. Yeah, she did like a concert that was like a benefit oh, for something. That's, that's kind of creepy. It is. Like, do you dance and like sing and cheer for to like, a dead holo- hologram? Yeah, person? I don't know. I mean, it's I remember scary. when Tupac came out on stage and people went insane. Oh, yeah, of course, insane. And there's been a lot more. Those were just some of them that I was like, oh yeah, I've seen that one. Or oh, that's really interesting. Mm-hmm. Now this I thought was kind of a trip. So before Robin Williams passed away, um, he made it 
so uh, CGI cannot be used to make him ever appear in a film, TV show, or a hologram. Well, that's cool. Yeah, he he made in uh, a total like um, like he had that in his will exactly or something, exactly or... yeah. I don't even know how you would do that because I wonder: does your family have the rights to your imagery, or is it like? Well, and there's been um, there's been some where they're like their their images are have been used, and then the family kind of steps in and says, "No more! Like you, right. you need to stop this." So, because it just depends on your lawyer, right, and what you have in your will. Um, so I thought that was kind of interesting. I mean, it is kind of cool, like you know, Paul Walker, so they could finish the movies and stuff. Um, but I, I kind of think that, like, if you're signing a contract for a movie and, you know, something horrible happens, maybe that should be in that contract. Like, if I, if I die, go ahead and finish the movie using my, my likely, my likeness. Likeness? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. I saw, um, it was, it was probably something that Adam was watching because it's probably not something I would watch, but there was, like, this, uh special effects youtube channel Mm -hmm. where they do all kinds of nerdy special effects things and they did that they like demonstrated how they do that facial whatever thing where they like clone somebody's face and put it on somebody else's face well i mean there's snapchat and instagram filters that do crazy stuff like that it is so advanced it's insane that's that's almost like conspiracy worthy because you don't know what they're like. They when you you will you stand still and you let it like scan your face and uh-huh. you're like adjusting back well, and, and forth. Remember, and remember, like, there was all that stuff about like Russia stealing those images and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, Russia can have those images. Like no, you never know. Why? Why? Why do I care? You might go on a terrorist list or something. I don't. When we look- do our conspiracy theory. Episode, <laughs> Maybe that should it. be it. So um, I'm just going to end on this because I think it's kind of sweet. But um, there was an interview just before Brandon passed. He, he was interviewed from someone, and he quoted from Paul Bowles' book, The Sheltering Sky. And it was a quote that he had chosen for his wedding invitations that's now actually inscribed on his tombstone. And it says... Because we don't know when we will die, we get to think of life as an inexhaustible well. And yet, everything happens only a certain number of times, and a very small number, really. How many more times will you remember a certain afternoon of your childhood? An afternoon that is so deeply a part of your being that you can't even conceive of your life without it. Perhaps four or five times more? Perhaps not even that? How many more times will you watch the full moon rise? Perhaps 20, and yet it all seems limitless. Oh, that's that's deep. <laughs> that's like one of those that's going to keep me up at night. So he was very into poetry, just like his dad was. Okay. They, were, they were into that, and uh-huh. he just thought it was beautiful, and that's what they had on their invitation. That's really, it's like a really sad one, though. It is. You know, you know what it reminds me of? Have you seen Inside Out? Yeah. And the memory bank. Uh-huh. And then she forgets about her... The what? little balls start... Yeah. yeah. What was his name? Bing... Bing Bong. Bing Bong. Bing Bong. Yeah. And she forgets about Bing Yeah. Bong. That was very traumatic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there, um, on Brandon's tombstone, there is a sculpture that's like, like a twisting 
kind of a thing. It's like too, too long. I don't know, twisting things. Too and it, long twisting things. And it twists at the bottom. And then as it gets higher, they twist apart. Okay. And it's supposed to represent him and his fiance, like, like togetherness on earth and then apart because of the death or something. And then they come they back together. Get, okay. I was going to say, does it come back together? <laughs> it's, something, come back together. it's something like that. It's something very like artsy poetry. Okay. But oh, that's beautiful. And then the last little thing that I thought was super cool. Um, so Brandon and Bruce are buried next to each other. Mm-hmm. Um, Bruce Lee's wife actually had the space next to Bruce, but when her son passed, she put him there. Oh. And so they're buried in Seattle's Lakeview Cemetery. And there were three Mongolians. They checked for seven months. 3,700 miles. They wore out five pairs of boots and they did this to pay respect to his grave on what would have been his 53rd birthday. Wait, what? Wait, they... <laughs> Wait, Wait, what? How did they... They walked. They can't walk there. Well, I don't know where they started. Oh. <laughs> I, just, I don't know where they started. They walked for seven months. Okay. 3,700 miles. Well, I'm, I'm not going to question... I... I and they wore out five pairs of boots, Angela. That's beautiful. Five. It is. Five I appreciate pairs of boots. the sentiment, but I want to know how they walked there. Well, I don't know. I okay. didn't. I just. That's as far as I know. Well, that's very sweet. You ruined my story. You're supposed to have answers for me. Just wait till you read your story. Well, you're allowed to ask all the questions because you're gonna have to guess what I'm talking about. Okay. Wait. Can I have another drink? Yeah. So this is the double drink night, which. uh can be trouble it's it's ended badly in the past we'll see how this goes oh geez are we mixing stuff oh no is that like the green fairy this is pre-mixed i mixed this at home i made a very special cocktail i had to look up how to make this i'm not gonna tell you what it is Uh, it looks lime like like glowing green fairy describe it it's definitely like the brightest of bright glow like um What's that movie? Ghostbusters. It's like Slimer Green. Slimer Green. Um, oh, speaking of drinks and whatnot, um, there's a lady that has messaged me twice now requesting one of the drinks from the fundraiser. One of my cocktails? Yeah. My signature cocktail? She wants made? the recipe. I think it was the Mary Pickford. Really? Yeah. Okay. So that's Is that the really pink one? funny. That's the pink one. Okay. That yeah. one? in my opinion, was the worst one. But people went freaking wild for that. Well, she went freaking drunk for that. She had like two of them and she was on her ass. She clearly doesn't know how to use the Google machine because it's like a super easy Google. Well, I don't even think she remembers the name. She's like, I just need the recipe (laughs) for that drink. It did its job then. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, Okay, so. It's like that one, just for people listening, it was like a pineapple juice, white rum, and grenadine. Okay. So like super sweet, but super alcoholic. All right, I'll have to tell her. Okay, so wait, what am I? Oh, there's something floating in mine. Oh, it's because what is I, floating in it? It I looks like curdled milk. Squeezed orange or not oranges? Oh, I can smell I it. I hand squeezed tangerines. So it's like to make this that white for like you. pithy stuff. Yeah, I hate that word. Pith. I hate that word. Pith. Pith. I don't Ugh. like that word either. Really? It's, yeah. It's a horrible word. It is. So, oh, what? No, it's good. 
What? Does it taste like something? Yeah. Okay. Let me get, let me hang on. I'm almost there. Um, so this drink is actually the adult version. So the original is definitely not alcoholic. So keep that in mind when you're thinking about what it possibly could be. Tang. No. <laughs> but I'm not. Remember? I'm gonna, remember when mom wanted <laughs> You need to tell that story. Okay, so our mom. Oh, by the way, we're sisters for our listener we that share, may not know. We share a mom. And a dad. And um, our mom is a dog trainer. And she got a dog. And she's like, I'm, I've am i got to get a good name for it. What, you know, what a, What do you think about the name? Was it Tang? Was that the first Tang one? Tang was the first one. Tang and we're like no mom you, you cannot not. name the dog Poo Tang like no it's, <laughs> that's what we would call her it, all the time yeah. if that's what she named her dog it, 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 we could not name her Poo Tang and she's like why it's like it's like Tango you know she's like doing a dance yeah it's or cute. like it's, she's tangy she's spicy she's sour yeah no. Tang no no you cannot and then name- the other one was what it was I, another like vagina reference I want to say it was I want to say it was Beaver no. Mm-mm. No. It wasn't Beaver. It was um, Snatch. Yes. It was Snatch. Yes. It was because Snatch. She he just snatched her. She saw this dog and she just had to have her. her up and she just had to have her. We're like, no, mom, you cannot name her Tang. You cannot name her Snatch or Beaver for that matter. And then she went ahead and named her Ruby. Which you would think Ruby would be the name of a dog that has like, you know, a pretty red scarlet colored coat. No, she's black and white. She's black and white. Black and white dog named Ruby. Yeah. She's a crazy dog. Gosh, she's crazy. But she spells it R-U-B-I. Yeah. She's a good girl. Oh, Rubus. Okay. (sighs) Um, So what does this taste like? Not Tang? Not Tang. I'm not going to tell you. You just have to think about it throughout my story. Uh, I'm going to tell you at the end. It's going to be gone in like 20 seconds. Okay. Well, go for it. Okay. Here we go. I am going to tell you a story about Dr. A, is how we're going to refer to him. Samuel Augustus, okay? And he... Wait, this is Hollywood, right? We're still on the same theme? Oh, yeah. This is this is Hollywood. And this is actually currently in Ontario, Canada. We're starting off in Canada. We'll get to Hollywood eventually. Okay. And Dr. we're also a. starting in the 1800s. Oh, we're going. Geez. We're going way, way back. Okay. okay. All right, go. So Dr. Samuel Augustus, he was just like super into science, hence why he became a doctor. Uh-huh. Uh, and he initiated uh, turn your goddamn alarm off when I'm telling my story. Eight o'clock. <laughs> Every single time. Twenty more minutes. It's gonna go off one more time. Turn it off. Okay. I'm just kidding. Um. You made me lose my spot. Sorry, Dr. Augustus. Yes, he was a teacher initially. And then he went into the world of dentistry. So he was the doctor of dentistry. And uh, he became a licensed dentist in 1890, which I don't really know what dentistry was like in 1890. It's like a guy with the pliers. Ah! And a shot of whiskey. All right. That's my guess. <laughs> um, and because there was like limited pain relief, for dentistry or for anything really available yeah. back then. Uh, here's a, a piece of, of wood. Bite on it. Here's a shot instead of a lollipop or a sticker. You mm-hmm. just get a, here's your here's your shot on the way out the door. Um, 
But anyway, he, he kind of got into the world of hypnosis, which wasn't super uncommon for dentists back then. Wait, so, you should have used the story for right? the hypnosis one. Yeah, so it kind of comes full circle. So he learns about different techniques that you can use to help your patients relax. And he oh, says he cool. never hypnotized anybody, but it was just like something that fascinated him and interested him. Uh-huh. And, you know, maybe he learns like how to to act around somebody to make them feel a little bit Calmer. more relaxed. Mm-hmm. But his um, exploration into the world of parapsychology and just like strange, unusual things like that didn't really stop there. He went like super, super deep into it. And he got involved in something called spiritualism. Okay. And and now if you hear the word spiritualism, like today, you think of like some like religion type of thing. Yeah. Uh-huh. But back then, it simply was like learning more about parapsychology and uh, just believing that there are entities around you and energies around you and spirits and ghosts and things that maybe you can't see. But that it doesn't mean that they're not there. Okay. Sure. So it was more like a scientific approach to spiritualism more than like a religion and I have a quote here oh by the way I'll, I'm going to tell you all of my sources at the end because I don't want to give away who this is about okay but I will have you know that I read an entire book Shut researching up. for this topic no so it better be good way a book and I, like with pages no but <laughs> By reading, I mean I listened to it on Audible. But sure, but it, was, it was interesting. A full book. I, yeah, some of it on like double speed. But <laughs> I, I got through it. It was really interesting, like parts. Um, Audible, not sponsored. Use offer code. Careful. <laughs> um, uh, where's my quote? Okay, here's the quote. So beyond the world that we can see and touch, there is an invisible world. Consider radio waves, TV waves, cell phone signals. Each vibrating. Wait, he said cell phone signals? <laughs> no, he didn't. The author of this book did. Oh, Who wrote okay. about him. So okay. he's like, I was like, wait he's a describing second. it to you. <laughs> yeah, he actually predicted <laughs> cell phones. Um, no, uh, he's describing it to you in like modern sure, times. ways. Uh-huh. Yeah. So cell phone signals, each vibrating at its own unique frequency. Have we ever seen any of these waves? No. Only what they produce. So that's kind of like... You can't just because you can't see that there's these uh-huh. entities there. around you doesn't mean that they're not there, and maybe you don't have like the right receiver to pick up on them. And that's like the whole like people say like oh I'll believe it when I see it type thing, you know that quote. Yeah, I oh, they're just wet blankets. I um, I believe in that stuff. You believe in that? I believe. Are you a spiritualist? Maybe you'll want I to be. bought a ghost finder. A ghost finder? What's it called? A ghost finder. <laughs> I don't remember what it's called either. It's I know got it, like it's letters, letters, like EKG. Or... No, is it an EKG machine? Well, that's... It's a EVP, I think. Maybe. Energy Velociraptor Penetrator. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Okay. So he believed that your soul or spirit or whatever you want to call it mm-hmm. continued on without your body and with the right techniques and willingness to contact these invisible beings that were just floating around us like radio waves, you could like have that connection and learn more about them. So he continued on with this study and in 1921, Dr. A met Walter Ashurst 
who Walter had this like unfortunate skill of being able to relieve, relive the deaths of the spirits around him. Oh, that's cool. No, oh, that's really terrible. sad. Yeah, no. Because like he would feel like oh, he'd yeah. have a crazy headache and then find out that the ghost that he was, was contacting was shot in the head or had or some have kind of, brain swelling or have brains the edema cerebral, cerebral thing um which that part really sucks but dr a recognized that he had this unique ability to contact the dead and encouraged him to like hone these skills and he even employed him to be his own personal medium which like how cool would that be Just i want call, a medium on call medium and this relationship lasted for 12 years and Walter actually lived with Dr. A and his family and he performed weekly seances for other spiritualists there on the family farm like they would have like a every seance yeah they would just show up and they would have like a instead of like poker night they had like seance night yeah okay Wednesday nights seance night bunko and seances all right so about these seances so these were nearly weekly gatherings, as I just said, and it was an attempt to tune into whatever he perceived to be an tangible frequency of the afterlife. Walter, being the conduit, would gather the sitters, which were like all the participants. They're sure, referred people at to the table. Sitters okay. around a table in a dimly lit or dark room. Mm-hmm. And he would allow himself to go into a trance and let the dead talk through him. Okay. And as, like, he got better and they continued on with this and pe- more and more people believed because that, like, helps the ghosts be more receptive if you're, like, really believing in it. Uh-huh. And um, he would almost be kind of, like, possessed by these ghosts for a bit. Oh. And this practice went on for years and years. Wait. So is it always happening at his home where he, where he was living? Not always, but it seems like most of the time, yeah. Because there's a couple uh, quotes in here where he was, like, at other people's houses but it seems like, for the most part, he was the host. So he's was he contacting the same ghosts all the time? No, but he did have a few regulars that he would talk to. <laughs> like, cheers. Yeah. Um, okay, I, it's totally reminded me of an episode of I Love Lucy. Do you remember that episode? Oh, when yeah. they like con- I can't remember who they were trying to contact. They were trying to contact... So- it was like a funny little name. And all said and done... Like Ethel is like pretending to be the the medium, and um, the guy is like, oh, Tilly, that was her name, Tilly. Wow, yes. how did I get that? And they're like, oh, Tilly, Tilly, and um, Ethel's like, oh, I'm Tilly's talking through me, and Lucy's like faking a voice, whatever. Isn't she like under the table or something? Or yeah, behind the curtain. Yeah, totally. And that's a cat. They, the guy was trying to contact his oh, dead cat. I remember cat. that now. So, I, I haven't watched I Love Lucy in I don't even know how many years, but that the totally just came back to things me. Things that you keep in your brain. And yeah, the things I keep in my brain, the things I should keep in my brain are very different. That's pretty. I, Tilly. I love Lucy stands up. It, it, uh, I would still watch that today. And it's crazy. Like when she buys a dress, it's like $400. Really? Yeah, I don't remember that part. Oh, yeah, I that's like one thing that kind of stands. And like the she passes. got an allowance through from Ricky that's like, I'd be happy with that amount of money. Really? Yeah. Huh. I have to check it out. I don't remember. Yeah. Okay. All right. Back to your story. Okay. 
So, yeah, like I said, like you were saying, it's almost like poker night. And that's how it was for Dr. A's family. Like, his kids grew up with this, and it's like, oh, you know. Friday yeah, night. Mom and dad are having seance. Okay. Um, and here's some of the things that happened during these seances and some of the more notable events. I still can't guess who your person is. Walter, he was able to draw the attention of a former member of the Ming Dynasty. Oh. And during that time... He actually spoke in, like, fluent Mandarin. Like, for real? Like, did people know Mandarin, or did he just make it sound <laughs> like exactly it? exactly what I thought. Like, I mean, did anybody else there speak Mandarin? So right. were they able to be like, oh, yeah, that's exactly what he's saying. Or like, he interpreting? Like, I don't know. But apparently, he spoke fluent Mandarin during okay. that time, and mm-hmm. he didn't really know anything other than English um, when Walter was himself. He was also able to contact a prince of ancient Egypt. Ooh, that's cool. And he was even able to talk to Samuel's great-grandfather. Super cool. And one seance he conducted from... Oh, this is when they're talking about, like, other places. Uh, By this time, I guess, Samuel's son had grown up, uh, Maurice. He had a seance at his house, and they had, like, a trumpet on the table, and like it, a no, that's oh. what I thought too. But it's actually they they call it a seance trumpet because I was thinking like why the hell do they have a tr- like our ghosts into trumpets or something? Yeah, I, that's no, it's it's actually a seance tool and it looks more like those um like megaphone things that cheerleaders use uh-huh. like that aren't like electric obviously right. you know right. just like big cones with holes at either end. Okay, so something like that. And that apparently is supposed to be like a more uh, easily used mouthpiece for ghosts. Because, you know, ghosts don't have vocal cords. Oh, so they need something to amplify their voice. Uh, yes, exactly. Like Precisely. No, I don't sure. know. But anyway, this trumpet like floated off the table and above the heads of the sitters. And like did a little floaty, little, little business? floaty dance. little floaty okay. ghost dance. I don't. Yeah. Sure. That I mean, seemed... I would be super impressed. Right. I, I that seems a little really more like believable than the fluent mandarin yeah all right um i just told you all about a trumpet uh another thing that was mentioned in the book is a a blue light that would show up and i think they even referred to it if i remember right as the blue light ghost and it would just like flash and i've seen in like modern ghost uh hunters ghost hunters is that the show Mm mm-hmm where they have, like, the flashlights that flicker on and off mm. with for the ghost to communicate. But apparently this is just, like, an independent blue floaty, blue floaty light okay. that they talked to. But just like you, Dr. A wanted more proof, and he was determined, and, he like, he's researching this, and he's communicating with all these spiritualists all over the world. Because he's a man of science Because he's well. a man of science. And he is talking to these other people who are able to... Um, materialize ectoplasm through a seance and he's like okay that's like that's what we need to do we need to get ectoplasm because that is concrete proof there's no what is that well let me tell you ectoplasm sounds like something from ghostbusters hey he ectoplasm is a viscous sometimes iridescent i know isn't viscous is another word up there with pith it's just viscous yeah ew um sometimes iridescent liquid that exudes from the body of a medium when in a spiritual trance 
So this is something Dr. A, like, he really... Wait a second. So it's, like, coming out of their nose, coming so out of their mouth. So he's, like, oozing this iridescent... Yes, ghost goo. Ew. Yeah. That's what he wants to see. Give me no. the ghost goo. That's Ew. the proof. That is, like, that... That will tell you everything you need to know about a ghost. As long as once, I once see you get their goo. that ooziness. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Um, fortunately or unfortunately, however you want to look at it, uh, Walter, even though he really, really tried to get that ghost goo, he <laughs> never could. Um, and Dr. <laughs> a, it was like a lifelong goal. goal, and it just didn't happen. But that tradition continued well after Dr. A's death and his son, Maurice, who was an engineer, he continued with the seances and he even attempted to create like a mechanical device that would allow him to speak with his late father. Oh. Um, so kind of like what you're talking about, an EVP, if that's what it's called, a ghost machine. Okay. Ghost finder. Ghost, ghost box. Mm-hmm. Uh, and... He, unfortunately, was never able to speak with his dad through that device that he created, but he continued on with the mediums, and I believe he did have some sort of communication with his father, and um, another kind of notable thing is, like, they felt like family members would visit, like, family members who had died would visit, like, when new babies were in the house, like, the grandparents. people say that a lot. Really? That's, like, a thing. Like, Yeah. A lot of the time when there's a new baby, um, they'll – I've heard that, actually. And I've heard kids are much more receptive to ghosts and spirits. Imaginary friends. Well, yeah. Yeah. They're ghosts. Because – and then that's what all imaginary friends really are. That's how they start out. And then as we get older, we're told they're imaginary friends. Mm. That's what dad believes. And then you just don't believe them anymore, and they can't be seen anymore. Have you talked to really Eden about Miss Roberta? I've heard about Miss Roberta. Yeah. yeah. I've also seen Eden when we went to the Glen Tavern. Oh, yeah. Wave at the kids in the windows. And it was like 10 o'clock at night. And there was no kids in those windows. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, ever. I mean, whatever. Like, but even dad believes that Eden can, like, see things. She's a medium? Or she's, like, more in tuned. Maybe it's not snot running out of her nose. Maybe it's ectoplasm. It could be. It sometimes is iridescent, kind of glowing. So disgusting. <laughs> This drink's almost iridescent. Well, yeah. It yeah. looks like ectoplasma. All right. Uh, Maurice's son, Peter, he studied his grandfather, so that would be Dr. A's journals, and he also passed those techniques of spiritualism down the family tree to his son, Peter Jr. and Dan. Okay. Okay. So here we have our family of medium multi-generational spiritualists talking to ghosts i still don't know who you're talking about here's my ripple this wait is where it begins this is where it begins that was this just out. the background no you no? well you'll get there when dan was 17 okay he joined a canadian sketch comedy group in toronto and that later moved to chicago what year is this uh when dan was 17 what year is this i don't know 17 years so we started off in the 1920s, and this is uh, great-grandson. Oh, 40, 50, 60s? Uh, 70s. Okay. Okay. Um, and that led him to his big break, and he became a writer on Saturday Night Live. 
And at the time, he was the youngest in the cast. Okay. And the guest hosts were just astonished by, like, he had these amazing writing skills, and he was super funny and a great actor and can do all kinds of impressions. And he just, like, built himself this, like, awesome reputation of just being this phenomenal talent. And that came in handy when he pitched an idea for his own movie that he wrote and he would star in. Dan. Uh-huh. This movie was inspired by his spiritualism upbringing, and it was about a ragtag team of super new... I can't talk anymore. It's okay. That's how I was. That's okay. I'm not going <laughs> to hold it against super you. Supernatural hunters who would travel through time and fight ghosts with the use of their magic wands. What? Uh-huh. This story, initially, it was just shot down. Should I know this? But Harold Ramis reworked the story with Dan and changed the setting from, like, these weird time-traveling dimensions to New York City and changed the magic wands to more, like, modern household appliance-looking guns and vacuum thingies. And it became a quarter-billion-dollar earning hit film. It's a movie. It's a movie. It is Ghostbusters. It's Ghostbusters. Oh my gosh! It's based on real things. It's Dan Aykroyd. Yeah, yeah. Doctor A is Doctor Samuel Augustus Aykroyd, and that's the story of the Aykroyd family and their connection to spiritualism. No so, way. Okay. And you were totally dead on with the drink. I called it. You, I know you said it way too soon, and I like I didn't want to make eye contact you so I, with you, so I turned away because well, I knew I would start laughing if I. It's really at funny you. because um I didn't even know if you knew like Ghostbusters. Oh yeah, I mean I I couldn't tell you right now. I mean I've seen it, but I can't really remember it right now. I need to go back and rewatch. Right, well, and I don't really remember the story. I, then but, that's how I am too. I, I I know I've seen it, and it's a great movie, and it's but hilarious, I can't tell and you the story yeah, right now. But and I remember Slimer, uh-huh. because that was like like they turned well, him into like a cartoon or whatever. Um. That's so funny. Yeah. So the drink, so I'll tell you about that first, and then I'll tell you more about um, Ghostbusters, the movie. It's actually an adult version of Ecto Cooler. So after the movie came out. Uh, oh, it was like in a juice box thing. Yeah. I think it's High C came out with Ecto Cooler. And, uh-huh. it was like a promotional and that was the, thing. the cartoon Slimer was on the box of it. Oh, I don't remember. But yeah. Oh, I'm going to find it's, it. It's called ecto cooler and it was like it's this bright green drink and it's mandarin orange flavored and i made the adult version and um did the, you make it up yourself no actually i found this youtube video shut up no it's so great so it's actually a channel that i already watch and it's called how to drink oh uh-huh and it's this bartender who makes themed drinks for pretty much everything that's rad so you should go check it out it's um Blue Carousel, which for the past, like, two years I've been calling Blue Croca. Yeah. Because I didn't know that it's pronounced Carousel. Oh, no, it's Croca. <laughs> Croco. Croca. Yeah. No, it's Carousel. It's, I guess, how you're supposed to pronounce it. I had no idea. Oh, that's funny. So it's that. I know exactly it, what it, you're talking about. It's the blue stuff. Yeah. It's uh, white rum and tangerine juice. So the combination of the tangerine and the blue stuff makes it green 
and it's like it's almost like glowy it's, it's beautiful super cool. color but yeah you should definitely go check out his youtube video because he tells like a little story about ghostbusters How and funny um some some other interesting little tidbits about the movie and it's pretty cool anyway let me tell you some more fun facts what hand what? me your drink i'll oh. take a picture of it before okay. you pound it all because mine's gotten already all right uh, da, 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 some fun facts. The film featured both trances and ectoplasm. I said that word. Uh huh. But it's plasma. Isn't it plasma in the movie? Ectoplasma? No? Am I wrong? Maybe. Okay. I thought it was plasm because that's I, how they it say it on be. Audible. Oh. I don't know if they changed it to plasma. Anyways, go on. Plasm. Plasma. Plasm. I don't know. Dan Aykroyd wrote the role. The role of Dr. Peter Venkman for John Belushi. Okay. But John Belushi died before the movie was made. And that was actually like one of Dan Aykroyd's best friends. <coughs> Excuse me. So who, does it say who played him? I don't remember the movie very well. I know there's four uh, guys. Bill Murray. Okay. 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 Yeah. Uh-huh. So, and he later joked that the green ghosts known as Slimer was the ghost of John Belushi and it was based on Belushi's party animal personality. Oh funny. Another fun fact is the original trailer had an eight hundred number instead of a five 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 to call the Ghostbusters. Uh Uh-huh. And it led to a recording of Dan and Bill Murray like doing a little like audio skit Uh thing. That's cute. Ray Parker Jr.'s theme song. The Who You Gonna Call? Oh, uh-huh. Was a number one hit for three weeks. I believe and that. And I, I swear, like, that song put that movie to, like, the next level. Uh-huh, sure. Yeah. A good soundtrack, for sure. For sure. Uh-huh. Um, the original title was Ghost Smashers. Oh, Busters is way better. Yeah, I agree. You, um, The Who You Gonna Call song, you still hear every Halloween. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Like, every played. single Halloween party, any... Haunted house, like uh-huh. while you're waiting in line or anything, yeah. that you're always every year you hear every that song. kid. I mean, how old is that movie? And every kid knows that yep. movie. Yeah, mm-hmm. this is my I mean song. My favorite fact of all. <laughs> so Ron Jeremy was an extra. You know in, who? Oh, I know who Ron okay. Jeremy is. <laughs> you're Ab- looking at me with the no, but stare. I'm trying to figure out what he did in that movie he was just an extra he was just, just like, like a in face the, in the crowd this is before he was a porn star i don't know but later he started this eight ghostbusters xxx oh that's creative right way to go i could have i could have come up with you could have gone with ghost smashers for that ectoplasm i was just gonna say that Get my goo. Get my ghost goo. <laughs> oh, it's so gross. <laughs> oh, man. Okay. Sorry, Ashlyn. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, my source is now that you know the mystery, the Hollywood secret yeah, of like who it. it is about. My source is the book that's on Audible is A History of Ghosts. The True Story of Seances, Mediums, Ghosts, and Ghostbusters, written by Peter Aykroyd, which is Dan mm-hmm. Aykroyd's dad. Uh, How to Drink, which I already said was the YouTube account, and you can look up Ecto Cooler and make it yourself. And BuzzFeed is where I got my... They had like 20 fun facts, and I picked those five. That's right. Those are my faves. My, my facts, too. Yeah. So that's all. 
I That's like my it. That's story, uh, the true story behind Ghostbusters. Oh, look, I had ice cubes. Oh, well, there you go. Now you can put them in my plant. Um, I liked this theme. This was a fun one. Yeah. It was fun to research. Yeah, it was interesting. I hope it... I did like a, like a, like went down like a wormhole looking at all this. You always say wormhole. It is a wormhole. And That's I what I call that. rabbit hole. No, I mean, most rabbit people hole. say rabbit you hole. follow Alice down, or no, the ra- white rabbit. That's a rabbit hole. That's a rabbit hole. No, I go down wormholes. You just go down in the dirt. Mm-hmm. Worms. Yeah. Uh, what are we going to do next week? Is it your turn to pick or is it my turn to pick? I started. Oh, I don't know. I'll pick. Okay, Can go I pick? for it. Yeah, the basket's already out and ready for you. You were like super prepared because it only took me like an hour, hour to, to set, up set our freaking mics up. Cool. Oh, social media crimes. Oh. Wait, did we do that? I feel like you should pick again because we just did like three social media, like social dating media web. Okay, dating. I'll put this back in here. Yeah. Okay. Because we did the edit, Momo edit, thing. edit, edit, edit. They can have some behind the scenes action. I don't really ever edit them. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, this will be fun though. I'm digging this one. Okay. Mythical creatures. Ooh. Mythical creatures. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you already have one in mind? I do. You're going to have to tell me because we might end up picking the same one. Is there one that lives around here? Oh, there's so many to choose from because there's mermaids, there's unicorns, there's yetis, there's centaurs, there's Loch Ness monster. Yeah. Oh, we can. Okay. So what we can do so we don't do the same one. Um, we'll text when we finally figure it out. Text the number of letters that are in it. Oh, jeez. So if it's a unicorn, U-N-I-C-O-R-N, seven letters. So I can't do one that's seven letters okay. or vice versa. Okay. Is that fair? That so then we don't know plan. the other one that we're yes. doing. Yes. Mine has. Oh, you know it already? I think so. Maybe. See. If there's enough information on it. Maybe. See, I started, like, my obviously my first instinct goes to mermaid. But then I'm like, oh, that's too predictable for me. I needed the little mermaid, too. I did. And that tells you all about mer- mermaids. I love mermaids. I have a tattoo of a mermaid. Yeah, it looks like a banana slug. Shut up, it does not. <laughs> Finish your ectoplasma okay. goo. I will. Ghost goo. All right, so um, we will be in the podium mm-hmm. next week. I hope that was fun and entertaining for everyone. I'm hoping that people are listening now that we've actually released our episodes. The big release. Uh, the, full, uh, the full release <laughs> ghost goo um so remember be nice and no that's not how it goes oh wait oh fuck I forgot <laughs> be a fountain be a fountain be a fountain be a fountain <laughs> not a train Bye-bye. bye bye bye